Welcome back to the Evolving Wellness Podcast. My name is Sarah, and today's episode is a bonus episode and a solo episode. I'm actually sitting outside on my back patio, and it's thundering, and people are shooting off fireworks, even though it's only 7.30 at night. So (laughs) if you hear rumbling in the background or cicadas, that's what that is. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I wanted to do a little bit of an episode just to catch up. And I also have a really big announcement that I'm going to make halfway through the episode about something you can expect here on the podcast on Friday. If you were in my quantum fertility group, the week six call, I already announced this to those people, but 99.9% of my podcast listeners were not on that week six call. So stay tuned for that. Before I just start this kind of catch up and I have some questions that some Instagram people sent in, I'm going to answer just about postpartum and perimenopause, all the things, weight loss. I do want to let you know that tonight through midnight, July the 4th, I'm having a website sale. So I have been working really hard on getting my brand new website up and running. It's been several months that this has been in process here. So if you go to that new website, it's just www.sarahkleinerwellness.com. A little pop-up will come up. You can type in your email and it will send you a 20% off coupon for the course of your choice. The only courses that are excluded are, of course, Quantum Fertility because that is with my partner, Carrie Bennett and the new course, Quantum Exercise with Rob Jacobs. So any course that I do with someone else that's excluded from that 20% off, but the Leptin Reset, Quantum Nutrition, all my other courses, Hydration, Harnessing Power of Sun, all of those 20% off through midnight tonight, the July 4th sale. And tomorrow, July the 5th, I'm going to be doing a live stream with my friend Chris from EMR Tech, all about red light therapy. And as a part of that live stream, we are going to be offering 30% off on any of his red light panels Wednesday through Friday of this week. So if you've been on the fence about getting a red light panel, don't buy one today. Wait until Chris and I do the live stream so you can get that 30% off of those red light panels. I think that's all the announcements so far. Again, I'm going to make that big announcement a little bit further in. But for now, let's jump into this little catch up session. So I get a lot of messages on Instagram and I get a lot of emails as well from people who just have questions about postpartum, about pregnancy, just about how I'm handling postpartum life with a baby. And I don't, I, so I'm one of these people that used to be like a major oversharer. I'm just socially awkward. You know, I've talked about it a lot. I was really overweight as a child in high school. I was 220 pounds. I just never really fit in. And so I've always kind of been an oversharer to overcompensate for that. So doing social media, having my podcast, YouTube, all of that has been this like fine line of, you know, understanding that I do need to draw some boundaries around what I share and when I share it because I can overshare and end up feeling really vulnerable and regretting that. So I don't at this point, share everything that is difficult, that's hard. What I'm trying to say is that a lot of people will look at me and think that, oh, she's got it so easy. Her baby's been easy. Things have been so great. And it's definitely been a challenging nine months. If you don't know, you probably do know if you're a regular podcast listener, I do have a 15-year-old daughter with non-speaking autism. 
that's really the reason why we waited so long to start trying for another baby because we kept saying, oh, it's going to get easier with her. And it, it just never did. And we kind of got to this, it's now or never time. And so we knew that having another baby, bringing a baby into the family would be challenging for many reasons. It would definitely be challenging for her emotionally. And then just for us to balance our time because she still requires a lot of time for us to spend with her. Um, she needs us to help her still bathe and get dressed and do all the basic things that girls her age can easily do with no problem. So it has definitely been challenging to try to balance that and bring that into our family dynamic. And my daughter has had some health issues that I'm not really ready to talk about yet. I do have some podcast episodes with some of the people that have been helping us through the journey of dealing with her health up her health issues over the last few months. But that's been really, really difficult to have a baby that I've had to just, you know, be there. I'm breastfeeding and I'm caring for him and then see my older child go through these really serious health issues and have to be, she's even been hospitalized a few times. And uh, yeah, no, I haven't shared about that on social media and I haven't shared about it on the podcast because again, it's one of those things I'm kind of processing it, going through it, gathering my team of experts. And yeah, before I'm ready to start sharing about it, I just really want to make sure I've got all my ducks in a row here and processing it emotionally, all of that. But that's been challenging. Um, and again, I'll, I'll share more about it down the road, but that's kind of what I'm willing to put out there right now is that, yeah, I've had this amazing, beautiful new baby, but then to see her go through things has been really, really, really challenging. So there's that one aspect. And then, you know, my son, he has been great at breastfeeding. He is eating now. He's, he'll be nine months old on Wednesday. So he's eating real food. He, I did make some homemade purees to start him off with, with bone marrow. I did like a whipped bone marrow and whipped it with uh, sweet potato. I did a whipped bone marrow and banana. And he just, he liked those with the bone marrow. But beyond that, he just really is not interested in purees. He really wanted to eat meat and he wanted to eat real food. So I started looking more into baby led weaning and yeah, he's doing great. He's eating a lot of different foods and chewing them. And obviously we research the safety of all this. And I think starting them out eating this way is just fabulous. And he's, we're doing a lot of roasts in the instant pot. I'll do lamb chops, um, rack of lamb. We do salmon with the skin on. He'll eat sardines. He's just a great little eater, and he's really into more of the savory foods, not really into purees or even he'll do banana, but not really a lot of other fruits. My point is, until he actually started eating food and he was not sleeping very well at all. Now, my daughter was a different story. When she, right when she turned six months, she started sleeping every night from 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. My son still doesn't do that at almost nine months old. He's he's still getting up probably once per night, um, just needs to eat, and then he'll go back to sleep usually pretty easily. So it's not like we're up every hour like we used to be in the very beginning, um, but it took a while for us to get the sleep situated. And a lot of the messages I get from women on Instagram, they're like, how the heck do you keep your circadian rhythms intact? How do you keep up the quantum lifestyle when you have a baby? And it's hard. It's definitely hard. 
I wear uh, blue blockers. I keep a little amber clip-on light. I keep them all over the place. I keep them in my bedroom. He's now sleeping in his bed since he's doing these longer sleep stretches. It's easier for him to have his space and his crib and his room and he does really fine with it. Um, we were co-sleeping for many, many months. And since he started doing the longer stretches, I decided to experiment with him in his crib and he's done just fine with it. And I think he actually prefers it now. So um, that's one thing that's gotten a lot easier. But when we were waking up every hour and he's co-sleeping, blue blockers, if I had to get up for anything, um, the amber clip on lights, and you just do your best, right? So you try to sleep, you try to go to bed early, you try to go outside, you bring them with you and you do your best because it's not going to last forever. And it didn't, but I really did keep up with sunrise with sunset as best as I could. There were some days there where maybe he had gotten up for a really early feed and I ended up sleeping until the UVA window started and I didn't beat myself up over it. It probably happened a handful of times, but what I want moms to understand, new moms especially, is that you're not ever going to be perfect. And you, if you try to aim for perfection with these new babies, you're going to drive yourself completely insane. And speaking of that, I have gotten a ton of questions about how much weight did you gain during pregnancy and now how much have you lost? And I honestly have no idea how much weight I gained in pregnancy. Zero idea because I just decided um, right, probably around 16 weeks that I just, you know, I just wanted to not be worried about the numbers on the scale. As I shared, uh, I've shared before I was 220 pounds in high school. I used to just really obsess over my weight and then draw my worth based on those numbers, which is complete and total crap. You should never base your self worth on the numbers on the scale, but I did that for a lot of my life. And so, Right about 16 weeks, I just decided I didn't want to look at it. My midwife was cool with it, and I didn't really check to see how much weight that I gained. I was My priority was enjoying a healthy pregnancy, enjoying this time of my life, and nourishing myself, eating animal foods, lots of red meat, lots of you know wild seafood, salmon roe, egg yolks, raw dairy. I did eat seasonal fruit. I did enjoy myself and have pizza a couple of times and have ice cream that wasn't made from raw milk. And I indulged in a few things that I hadn't indulged in in a really long time. I just wanted to enjoy those foods and they didn't turn into binges and it didn't turn into something that got to be super out of control. So I didn't feel bad about it. And, you know, I got on the scale just this past Friday, which is June the 30th. And I'm actually just about 10 pounds over where I was pre-pregnancy, maybe even a less than that, a little bit less than the 10 pounds. So I'm pretty thrilled with that because with my daughter, I had to hire a personal trainer and do Weight Watchers, exercise like a mad woman. And I was 28 years old, right? To get to the weight that I'm at now, which I'm like, wait a second, I'm 44 and I was 28 then. So when I talk about my programs, when I talk about the quantum lifestyle and the circadian lifestyle, when I talk about this stuff, I'm really passionate about it because it's worked for me. It worked for me to balance my hormones and get my body healthy for a really healthy, wonderful pregnancy that has given me a beautiful, healthy son. 
And now here at nine months, I have not dieted at all. I've been breastfeeding and I really don't believe women should just try to push themselves and calorie restrict and diet while they're breastfeeding. But I have been keeping up with the circadian principles as well as I possibly could. I've been eating whole seasonal foods, you know, fruits and lots of meat, lots of, again, wild seafood, all the nourishing things that I want my son to get through the breast milk and to replenish my body. I've also been super mindful with my minerals. I have used the water and wellness pregnancy protocol. I have no affiliation with them at all, but if you go to the water and wellness website, they do have a pregnancy protocol, which I did with their Quinton hypertonic minerals. I started this six months before I got pregnant. I did it all through pregnancy and and I've also done it after pregnancy and through breastfeeding. I think that that's been tremendously helpful. But again, I have just kind of amazed that at 44, I was able to get back to kind of where I had to hire a trainer, work out like a mad woman, do all these things. And I haven't even purposefully been trying to diet or exercise. I haven't even, I haven't picked up a single weight. Now I have definitely lost muscle since I had the baby and have, you know, done the breastfeeding. It, it takes a lot out of your body. I did weight train up until about week 25 of pregnancy, but I haven't, so I haven't picked up a single weight since June of 2022. So when I say I'm 10 pounds away from where I was pre-pregnancy, I do need to account that there was definitely some muscle loss in there for sure. So I am doing the quantum exercise program that Rob and I have put together and that's kind of how I'm getting back into weight training now that my son is eating a lot more food and I don't have to worry so much about my breast milk production. I did try to do keto. Um, I guess it was after Christmas. I just said, oh, I want to try to get back to keto. It's winter time. It's a great time for me to do this. I didn't really do keto during pregnancy purposefully because I just didn't, it didn't feel right intuitively to, for me to do keto during pregnancy. So I decided I was going to try it after Christmas and it tanked my milk supply completely. So I know that there are some women that are able to do keto and they're able to do carnivore during pregnancy and breastfeeding. I think if you're going to do keto and carnivore during breastfeeding, you need to have adapted for a long time and done it during pregnancy or else you're probably going to see a really dramatic drop off in your breast milk. So at that point, I said, you know what, I am just going to go back to eating how I was eating potatoes in the winter, eat potatoes, eat uh, kind of the more whole food, like root vegetables that are seller stable, kind of like what I do in my quantum nutrition plan for people who are not doing low carb on that program. So I followed that. So I, I really have been just following my programs for nutrition, more of the quantum nutrition approach for lifestyle. I've been able to implement that 21 day leptin reset program and just do it through most of my pregnancy and postpartum. I've done minerals. A lot of people have asked me if I've lost hair. I haven't lost any hair at all. I'm actually growing this really annoying new layer of hair. It's like the weird mom bangs that are starting to come in. 
All right, so we are about halfway through this episode. I wanted to go ahead and make the special announcement of what is coming on this podcast and a brand new podcast that's coming. So this Friday, you're going to get an episode if you are subscribed to the Evolving Wellness Podcast of the Quantum Conversations podcast. This is going to be with my partner, Carrie Bennett. Her and I have been running the fertility program together. And we are so incredibly excited about this podcast. We've already recorded seven episodes and we have been meeting every week on Tuesday. So it's a fun excuse for us to get together and meet. But we really want to make the information that I've been talking about in this podcast that's helped me and has been so supportive to me pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, after pregnancy. And I know it's going to support me as I move towards perimenopause, menopause, getting older, you know, I'm 44. So Carrie and I really want to make this information accessible and easy to understand. So we have created a brand new podcast. It's called Quantum Conversations, and you will get to listen to the first four episodes. It's going to, that's going to be hosted on the Evolving Wellness podcast platform for the first four episodes on Friday. But I will encourage you when those episodes do come out to please go and subscribe to the Quantum Conversations podcast on its own platform because the the first four episodes are going to be broadcast here on Evolving Wellness. And then after that, it's going to be its own thing. So super excited to share that with you. And that is the big announcement. All right. So now I would like to answer some questions that people sent in over on Instagram and Let's get to this first one. Do you recommend taking the baby to the pediatrician? So in my family, if you listen to my birth story, you know that my husband is not 100% as crunchy as I am. And so we had to make a compromise that I would take the baby to a pediatrician. And I, you know, I think it is good to sometimes have a pediatrician, but only one that will respect my wishes with my son's medical intervention. So I guess I can say this on this podcast platform. It's not going to go on YouTube, but we're not vaccinating my son. We're, we, haven't, we haven't done it since he was born. We're not planning on it. And so finding a, finding a pediatrician that will actually comply with that is pretty difficult. You kind of have to go into the underground crunchy moms network for that. So we have one, but she is 100% on board with my choices and we've also relied on my friend Heather Shepard for homeopathy. There have been some things that have popped up with James with some skin issues where we have used homeopathy. And I'm definitely going to talk about that in future episodes as well. We've used homeopathy for my daughter as well. So that's, that's my stance on having a pediatrician. Someone wants to know my diet for breastfeeding. So again, is basically what I did pregnant and I had to make sure I was eating enough because I got another question about how the heck do you eat enough breastfeeding? I'm so hungry. How do you get it all in? I eat a ton of protein, like ridiculous amount of protein. So every morning I'm out at sunrise or, you know, as close to it as I can be. I am not perfect. I do my best, but I'm usually out there at sunrise and then after that sunrise, I am having a nice big breakfast with at least 30 to 40 grams of protein, sometimes even a little bit more. Now, when you're breastfeeding, you're in this kind of a different metabolic state to where you, you just burn through food really quickly. You do have to make sure you're eating enough. It's like an extra five or 700 calories a day that your body's actually burning off. So 
I just really make sure I get a lot of protein. Now, I mentioned for my son that I cook a lot of roast. I do rack of lamb for him. So I usually batch cook a lot of meat. I ground lamb, ground beef. We'll do like a bunch of wild salmon, cook that. And so I'm always kind of batch cooking meat for him and then I'm eating it as well. So every meal that I have is very, very heavy on the protein. And I usually will balance it with some carbohydrates. If it's the middle of the day, towards the end of the day, I don't really eat as many carbohydrates. Um, it's just, my body just kind of handles and processes carbs better in the middle of the day, but I end up eating root vegetables, potatoes. It's summertime right now. So I'm enjoying cherries and blueberries and more fruit during the summer. Absolutely. But I eat those at the end of my meal. I always have the protein and fat first and then have that fruit towards the end because I'm in this kind of weird place right now where I am perimenopause and I'm postpartum and I'm breastfeeding. So I don't think that the perimenopause stuff has like necessarily hit me yet. Maybe it has, maybe the quantum lifestyle and everything is supporting me through that change because I've had so many women in my private group, as well as people that I've worked with that are in perimenopause and even menopause that implement the changes from my 21 day leptin reset. And they're like, I was having hot flashes. haven't had a hot flash in two months. I was, ha you know, they're having all these hormonal symptoms and they've just gone away with implementing a lot of these strategies and eating a local seasonal diet. So my big secret for breastfeeding and getting enough food is just prioritizing the heck out of protein. <laughs> Make sure you're getting a lot of protein. Now, someone wants to know about postpartum hair loss. Is that nutrition related and is it co correctable with nutrition? I think it's more mineral related. That, and I really do think that that water and wellness mineral protocol with Quinton Hypertonic has been a game changer for me pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, after pregnancy. I have just not, I mean, I'm growing hair now that we're at the nine mark, nine month mark, which is pretty, pretty strange. So I really think, and from my understanding of hair loss, I do think there's a big mineral component. And I do think you do need to eat a lot of protein, a lot of women they just don't prioritize protein like they should. And so I think that there could be a little nutrition, but also minerals. Speaking of minerals, someone wants to know, how do you know if you're properly hydrated? So a big sign besides being thirsty uh, might also be fatigue, that you might also have a lot of dry skin. You might also have issues sleeping, waking up in the night. Those are usually mineral imbalances, but... Typically, when I'm breastfeeding, I know when I am hydrated or not because I will literally get very thirsty. <laughs> so those are good ways to know if you are hydrated or not. Uh, someone wants to know, how do I get rid of belly fat? And I don't know if this person is in postpartum or not, but you know, I still have a little pooch from carrying a baby in my belly. My stomach has not like snapped back. <laughs> Let's just say I found a really cute high-waisted swimsuit for this summer. Very cute, but it is not like snapped back. But I don't consider that belly fat. I consider it more just like loose skin from having a baby. A lot of times excess belly fat, if that's really more of where your fat is accumulating, is from elevated cortisol. And that is something that needs to be addressed through your lifestyle, through circadian rhythms. This is why I harp on circadian rhythms all the time because the light that enters your eye, the retina, 
and then talks to the super charismatic nucleus, which communicates with your brain. It's basically giving your body directions. It's giving your hormones directions all the time. And so we have to be conscious of the light that's entering our eyes. Cortisol is made in response to blue light. And this is not necessarily a bad thing, but the amount of natural blue light that's in the sky actually changes throughout the day. It's more intense and then it gets less intense and then goes away after sunset. But the way our modern lives are is that we are chronically exposed to a ton of blue light all the time. And so after dark, that can create in itself a cortisol issue. So I would start there with their circadian rhythms. And then again, my 21 day program will kind of take you through an entire holistic program, nutrition tips, all of that that can also support cortisol issues. And I've had women who have struggled with this for years and they are in menopause and during their 21 day leptin reset, they've been able to get things back on track. So that's typically what is going on with belly fat. So someone, <laughs> my friend wants to know, I know this person who asked this question, I don't know if she's listening. She says kind of off topic, but any way to avoid menopause. Um, can you avoid taxes? <laughs> Let me know. I think that menopause is inevitable and it's a time for transformation. It's a time for change. I'm not afraid of it. I, I'm really not. I'm just like, okay, this is the next phase of my life. It's a beautiful thing. What is avoidable, I think, and you guys stay with me on this over the next number of years, is a lot of the symptoms that come with it. And I, I say that literally because I have had so many women, as I keep mentioning, that have done this circadian work and the quantum biology work, and they have really dialed these things in with their nutrition, and their menopause symptoms have gone away. They're not having the hot flashes. They're not having the crazy mood swings. They're waking up and they're feeling happy. They're not depressed and anxious. And so I truly believe that that is possible when you are treating your body the right way. So I, if anyone figures out a way to avoid menopause, let me know, but I'm pretty sure it's not avoidable. And so <laughs> the best thing to do is embrace this and take really, really good care of yourself, which is leading me to another question. How are you preparing for perimenopause? And that's basically it. I am just keeping my circadian health intact, blocking artificial light at night, making sure I am hydrated with the right minerals, really good clean water. I'm getting sleep. Sleep is so important. It's so important. And that's one thing that I notice, you know, from being postpartum is that I wasn't getting the same kind of sleep that I was. And now that my son is sleeping more through the night, this, I feel like a different woman. <laughs> so I think those things are really important. And I don't drink. I've never, you know, I've, I used to actually have a problem with alcohol. So I have stayed away from it for many years now. And I'm glad because I know a lot of women that are in perimenopause and menopause, they do drink the wine and that can exacerbate those symptoms as well. So that's how I'm prepping for perimenopause. Someone wants to know how to lose that visceral fat around the midsection. And again, that typically is from that cortisol, elevated cortisol. So I would definitely look at um, maybe my free guide to building your perfect quantum day to help you get started there. If you want to dive deeper into a program, I've got several programs and those are all on sale through tonight. 
with my website code, the Metabolism Masterclass is a really great way to understand how your metabolism actually works and then how you can use things like melatonin, not the supplement that you take, but how you can get your body to make more melatonin to actually get rid of some of this belly weight. Because again, a lot of it's cortisol and cortisol and melatonin oppose one another. So when we can start getting those levels balanced out, we can start to see some really good changes there. And it sounds too simple to be true because I know a lot of the wellness world and functional medicine world, and Carrie and I are going to talk about this a lot on our podcast. And I don't have anything against those people or those methods. Sometimes they are warranted if you've done all the quantum things. But I see a lot of people that try to just go straight into using hormone replacement therapy that haven't got the foundations down with their circadian rhythms, with their nutrition, having their blood sugar balanced, all of those things. And they have really, really horrific side effects from HRT. A lot of anxiety, a lot of mood swings, sleeping gets worse, hot flashes can get worse. And so if there comes a time for me when I'm like, okay, I would like to maybe do a Dutch test, see where I'm at because I know I'm super dialed in with everything else, I'm not opposed to it, but I will be using, if I ever do any HRT, it will be a topical, like a cream that I put on at, at a more circadian appropriate time of the day, right? So we, we release specific hormones at specific times of the day. And I don't necessarily like the pellets because once the pellets are injected, you're pretty much stuck with those for six to eight weeks. So I have seen women that their life has been changed by pellets and they're like, amazed, happy. I'm just myself again. And then I've seen the other side of women that do the pellets and it's a absolute complete nightmare. So that's just something to keep on in mind. If that is something you want to explore, I would look more at the topicals and then really do make sure you have things dialed in. So this is another question about breastfeeding and postpartum. Can you truly lose weight while breastfeeding in a sustainable way? And how do you do that? This is like, this is hard. So this is why I'm such a big believer, again, in my programs, because I was not purposefully trying to lose weight. I tried to do keto after Christmas because I was like, oh, I want to get some of this weight off of me. I'm going to do some keto. I know I could, and it tanked out my milk supply. I felt terrible. It messed with my minerals. And I just said, you know what? I'm not going to purposefully work out or try to lose weight for, you know, or, or work out for the purpose of losing weight. I did some, a little bit of walking, um, a little bit of yoga, like I was doing during pregnancy, but I just didn't. So I think when you're breastfeeding, women kind of have this margin of error where your body is going to hang on to anywhere from five to 20 pounds to keep that breastfeeding process going. My friend Carrie Bennett and I have talked about this as well. And, you know, for me, I think it's that 10 pounds. I would like to lose it, but I'm not freaking out about it. I'm not really trying to diet to lose that weight. I'm still just keeping in my same nutrition uh, protocols, but I'm adding the quantum nutrition, the quantum exercise program with weight training in a very slow manner to see if that helps. But I think with breastfeeding, you have to nourish your body. You have to eat healthy and weight loss can happen as a side effect of that. If you're someone who's eating a lot of processed foods or you're eating a lot of foods that, you know, 
ice creams and pizza and that kind of thing and you go to a diet like mine where you're eating high quality protein at every meal and local seasonal foods at every meal the weight will probably fall off of you it probably will be a lot easier to lose but this person asking this question I don't know what your diet is like now so it's really hard for me to say that and I just want any woman listening to this that is in that stage of breastfeeding and postpartum to please not compare yourself to me or to anybody else. You have your own unique journey. You have your own unique set of stresses. I had to tell myself that a hundred times when I was going through hard times with my son not sleeping. Um, I'm sure we'll be there again because I have a daughter who's 15 and we've had many different phases of sleep and behavior and just all the things like... I knew what I was getting into with another baby, but you have to have compassion for yourself and try not to play this comparison game the best that you can. So someone says light periods and inconsistent cycles after a history of 28 day good healthy cycles. And again, I don't know if this person is breastfeeding. I'm assuming because the question box I put up was breastfeeding postpartum questions. So I'm assuming that she's breastfeeding I think that's somewhat normal because when you're breastfeeding, you, a lot of women can be very low in progesterone. Uh, breastfeeding is very expensive for progesterone and that would make sense that your cycles are inconsistent and um, light if you have low progesterone. And I have been having regular cycles, they showed back up so that they start on the full moon um, with my son when I was conceiving. I would uh, actually start my cycle on the new moon and I would um, ovulate on the full moon and then he was born right around the full moon. So it was really interesting. My first cycle that came back, came back on the full moon and they've been coming back on the full moon, but they are light. They're not like, you know, they're not like they were, <laughs> you know? So I think this is just part of postpartum, with your breastfeeding and your hormones trying to re-regulate themselves. And I've just got a whole heaping like, all right, this is, I'm not trying to have any expectations or beating myself up. Um, this is an interesting question. I'm 175 pounds and five foot five, and I'd like to have another baby, but should I lose that 25 pounds first thoughts? And I, I don't really know that you want to go into a place. And, and I talk about this in the fertility course with Carrie quite a bit. You know, if you are working to get your leptin levels in a really healthy place and support your mitochondria, a lot of times you'll lose weight as a side effect of that. But if you're not losing weight and your leptin's in a good place and you're really taking care of your mitochondria, getting things great, you're replenishing your nutrient stores you know, replenishing those mineral stores, then I wouldn't stress out too much over getting, you know, super lean. I don't know if she's five, five, then yeah, that's, um, you wouldn't be super lean with five, you know, being five, five and one seventy five. That'd be more like somebody who's like five, you know, five eleven, six foot tall. But on that note, I would not stress out entirely about it because, that first trimester, you may end up losing weight. You may end up needing that extra body fat to sustain the pregnancy and the baby. And what my friend, Dr. Corey Gasvini told me is that there's not data to show, the data actually shows that women who have a little more meat on the bones have healthier fertility. So 
I hope that helps. I wouldn't stress too much over it unless you really want to do some nice prep to get your leptin in a good spot and work on your mitochondria. And then you might see that weight drop off just as a side effect. So let me see if there's any more questions. Someone says, I eat animal-based. The only food I really miss is peanut butter. Any good substitutes? I mean, this is where I was at. In pregnancy and breastfeeding, I'm kind of like, am I just going to freak out about every single little thing? No. If I wanted a spoonful of peanut butter every now and then, I would have one, to be honest, unless it was causing me some sort of an allergic reaction or messing with my gut, you know, then I would have it. So I just, I have really kind of a different approach and a different way of looking at nutrition now than I ever did before after going through pregnancy and trying so hard to get pregnant and just wanting this beautiful, healthy baby. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that is really my, my recommendation on that. If it doesn't bother you and it doesn't cause issues, then I don't really see a huge, huge issue with it. So well, that's all the questions that I had um, to go through things. And I hope that as I talk through some of those questions, it kind of gave you some insight over how the last nine months have been going. James is doing amazing. Like I said, he's eating um, food that we're eating, which is great. I never really wanted to give him the baby foods, but some babies just prefer those. I just have tried to have this attitude of like gratitude that I'm so grateful for him that he's here and I've been blessed with this opportunity to raise this amazing child. And so I haven't been like hell bent on specific, well, there actually, there are a few things I'm hell bent on medically, <laughs> but I haven't been sweating all the small stuff. I haven't been freaking out that, you know, when his sleep was really bad, I, did my best to just say, okay. And I would have people say, you shouldn't put him in the bed with you or you should put it, you know, there's like so many different opinions on raising babies. I just try to stick with my intuition and what's going on. And some people will probably say, oh, he should still be sleeping in the bed with you. But for me and for, for my marriage and for me, that just wasn't right after a certain time. And it, for him, he was sleeping so soundly that it was better for him to sleep in his room. So we're not using a baby monitor. I know that's one question that I got um, or that I had talked about previously. So we don't have a baby monitor. We just keep his door open and our door open and we can hear him perfectly. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of things that a lot of the modern babies that they do, I don't do. <laughs> um, no TV, no screens, none of that stuff. Just because I know how their brains are still really forming in so many ways at this age. And I really want to be careful and give him the best, best chance possible. So I hope that you enjoyed this bonus episode. Again, my website sale ends tonight at midnight, July 4th website sale. Quantum exercise with Rob Jacobs is still on pre-sale. Get a hundred dollars off of that course. That is the workout program that I'm doing to get back in shape now and just build muscle, right? It's not even like about looking a specific way. Yeah, I do want to look good, but I'm more at this age of 44, I am more concerned about building muscle, right? That's, that's, what's the most important thing to me is building muscle and just kind of training. Like this person asked me, how are you preparing for perimenopause, menopause? That's how I'm looking at health. Now I want to be my strongest and 
feel my best mentally and physically as I get older so that I can be there for my son. I can be energetic and also be there for my daughter because she's probably going to live with us forever. And I need to be the best version of me possible in that process. So I hope this episode was helpful and stay tuned for the live stream with Chris on Wednesday over on Instagram, all about red light therapy and that 30% flash sale. And Friday on this podcast channel, I will be premiering quantum conversations with my partner, Carrie Bennett. We're going to talk about Carrie's quantum health journey. And we've got so many great episodes coming, so I can't wait to share those with you. And I've got a lot of great guests coming up on the podcast as well. So make sure you stay tuned. I've got a summer packed full of brand new guests. I'm going to bring a lot of value to the show. And if you're still listening, thank you. If you have a moment to head on over to either Apple or Spotify, leave me up to a five-star review. It will help to get the show out to more people. And I'm open to doing more shows like this in the future. I hope you have a really wonderful evening.